are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is distributed by Glassbox Media and is part of the Crawlspace Media family. Welcome back to True Crime Twins. I'm Chloe. And I'm Melina. We're back to bring you our final part of our coverage on the murder of Lindsay Buziak, a 24-year-old real estate agent who was savagely killed during a showing in Saanich, British Columbia, which is located outside of the city of Victoria. Her father, Jeff, has been tireless, some might even say ruthless, in his pursuit for justice for his daughter and justice for women in general. I think that Jeff is extremely compelling and intelligent, and I think that he's definitely intense and might rub some people the wrong way, particularly people that are sort of always pro-police because he's not afraid to point out errors and lack of action. But I think that he is such an amazing advocate, and he's one that I would want to have if I ever were a victim of something like this. He has very good reason to be upset with the Saanich police. He has outlined many examples of ways that they have betrayed his trust. For more context into Lindsay's story, please listen to parts one and two of this series, both of which contain content with Jeff Buziak. Thank you so much again, Jeff, for talking to me, for giving me all of this information. I know it can't be easy to talk about, but you're so strong. You're such a powerful speaker. For those who don't know, Shirley Zalo, who we speak about frequently in these interviews, is now suing Jeff Buziak for defamation, which has been considered a pretty aggravating sidetrack for him in his journey for justice. There is a GoFundMe that is in the show notes to help fund Jeff's legal defense. On that note, and I'm sure everybody can understand why, It must be noted that all parties are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law in Canada and opinions expressed by guests on our show do not necessarily reflect those of production. Is there anything that someone listening to this episode could do to help get justice for Lindsay? Yes, there are a few things people could do to really help out. Number one is go sign the petition to have Saanich police removed from the investigation. And all you have to do is Google Lindsay Buziak murder petition. I ask people to please read the website, lindsaybuziakmurder.com and comment on there regularly. It really helps the viewership to keep it going. And I really, really find it important that if people do nothing else, but at the very least monthly, write a letter to the Premier of British Columbia, John Horgan, email him or write a letter actual letter but you can email him just google premier and you'll get an email address and just express your disgust with the unsolved murder of lindsay buziak and that the premier needs to step in and have this solved immediately before there's a citizen revolt and i know people think oh that's a waste of time they never read it all that kind of stuff but believe me 
please, please do it because it helps. If these politicians get one or two letters, they go in the garbage. If they get one or 2,000 letters, they do something about it. And if they get one or 2,000 monthly, they do something about it. It's very important we do that now, not only with Lindsay, but anywhere else. It has to be in mass. And I'll tell you why, because, you know, I'm an old guy now. But when I grew up, politicians and civil servants were our servants. Now we've allowed them to become our rulers. And people need to get that into their heads now. That unless we stop that soon, your generation is going to be ruled by people that you don't like. And you're not going to have much choice. And we're seeing that in Canada now. We've got a goofball prime minister who's trying to rule us. When really they're supposed to be our public servants, politicians, government workers, police. They are public servants. They are here to serve us, not rule us. And we have to be very careful about that in general. So right now is a critical time as that transitions taking place where they're ruling us, that we need to speak out. And if you speak out on individual items en masse, it will keep them at bay and remind them that they're there to serve us, not to rule us. There is a certain impression out there of me being this angry dad who's just relentless about saying how bad Spanish police are. Well, let me tell you a story about that. Early on in Lindsay's Unsolved Murder, I had to look myself in the mirror. And this is for me, and I'm not saying this to anybody else or anybody else that's in the same situation I am. This is about me, not them. I looked in the mirror one day fairly early on, and I just said, you pathetic fuck. This isn't about you. This isn't about you at all and your poor little feelings. And this is about a wonderful young woman who was fucking executed brutally while she was working. That's what this is about. This is about women suffering abuse at the hands of some really bad, evil people. This is the ultimate abuse against a woman. This isn't about me and my hurt little fucking feelings. I have to say to myself, pull yourself together, asshole, and get on with this. This isn't about you. This is about Lindsay. This is about women. This is about the ultimate abuse that we need to stop. This is what this is about. And this is what carries me on. People say, oh, you know, they need to solve this so that poor dad can move on. I've moved on. I sent you pictures of me camping, kayaking. I fly hang glider. I teach. I hike. I ride mountain bike, uh, motorcycles. As best I can, I have moved on. I've accepted Lindsay's gone. I'm not sitting here in some crazed world 
talking to Lindsay every night thinking she's still here. I'm not that person. I was in counseling for six years after murder. I'm here for young women like you because there are people out there right now, and I know this from my psychology education, that see murders like Lindsay's and many others. And it's just like, oh, fuck, man. They got away with it. I can fucking get away with it. That's simple psychology. We need to stop that. We need to hold the police accountable. We need to retrain young men that women are important. And if they piss you off, which I'm sure every guy in the world has some story about a girlfriend or wife or somebody who's pissed them off, you fucking walk away. You leave. You don't kill. You don't harm. You don't strike. But our culture is allowing this to happen because we're not called to arms. We don't write the premier. We don't sign petitions. We don't come to Lindsay's walk. I get 50 people at Lindsay's walk. One year, a week later, there was a demonstration because somebody had kicked a cat badly and maimed it. 2,500 people showed up. 50 for a wonderful young woman murdered while at work. 2,500 for a cat. I mean, I have nothing against cats, but let's get fucking real here. If you look up the statistics, I'll just say it the way it is. Really pretty, beautiful young women who are murdered. It tells you who murders those women. Boyfriend, lover, family. So my mission is obviously to get Lindsay's murder solved. But my mission really is to show young men they have to stand up and make a stand for what's right. My mission is to have it out there that you touch a woman, you're fucking going to jail. You murder them, you're going away forever. You do not do that. People who question, oh, was Lindsay involved in drugs? Was she doing this? Was she doing that? No, she wasn't. But the reality is, it doesn't fucking matter. Murder is against the law. It's the most heinous crime against mankind. It doesn't matter why they were murdered. You don't fucking murder. Period. So quit trying to victimize the victim. Oh, she was raped because she had red lipstick and high heels and a short skirt. Fuck off. There's too much victim blaming out there. And there's also too much blaming of secondary victims like you. The police saying that their bad reputation, the public outrage is is your fault. And I really think you're right on the money about how this inaction, the fact that there's been no consequences in 14 years for a crime so horrific, it does send a message to the community that it's permissible I spoke to the Ombudsman of Canada for victims of major crime. It was a woman at the time, great woman. She called me publicly one day, called out to me across the room and said, Jeff, come over here. I want to talk to you. She was sitting with a group. And so I walked over and she said out loud to me, how the fuck do you do it? And I went, Sue, do what? She goes, do what you're doing. I was speaking at a conference of 400 people. We gather all the information, all the statistics. 
well over 40% of the people in your shoes never recover from having a loved one murdered. Depression, drugs, alcohol, both legal and illegal, suicide, sick leave from work, never returning to their jobs. Over 40% never ever return to normal life if they survive. So you're an anomaly. So what the fuck motivates you? I went, young women motivate me. I have a daughter still. I don't like women having to function and I see it. I'm not a threatening guy, but I see women are afraid to go out at night by themselves. They're afraid to go for a fucking walk. They're afraid to go to their car in the parking lot. They're afraid to say hi to somebody who says hi to them because they think that might lead them to do something else. I don't fucking like that. I had daughters. I want my daughters to be free out there and live their lives, not having to worry all the time. I don't like that at all. And we need to change that. We need to have this world a safer place. We need to have a place where women can go out and walk to the corner store by themselves at 10 o'clock at night if they want to and not wonder whether they're going to be fucking raped or not. That's not right. It's not right at all. And I put that weight on to the authorities. The police aren't doing their job. The justice systems aren't doing their job. They're not being punished. As far as I'm concerned, they need to bring back capital punishment. They need to bring back the death penalty. We have an overpopulated world and we're sitting here being sympathetic to murderers. We don't fucking need them. Psychologically, when you've killed, murdered from anger, you're a ruined person. You're not going to recover. That propensity is there, embedded in your brain psychologically the rest of your life. We don't need those types on this planet. Get fucking rid of them. And yes, we have the authority to do that. If they have the fucking authority to randomly kill us, we have the authority to fucking kill them. So get the fuck off this earth. You're out of here. You committed one of the most heinous crimes against mankind. And you want us to feel sorry for you? You want us to provide you with three meals a day and new running shoes and fucking medical and dental care? Fuck you. You die. You killed, you die. We're not taking care of you. I'm single. I have been for years. Still am. I was at murder. I was laying on my floor after murder, sobbing, breathing in agony. There was nobody making me three fucking meals a day. There was nobody doing my laundry and changing my sheets on my fucking bed. I would have been better off going to fucking jail. I should have killed who I thought killed Lindsay. I'd probably be getting out right now because I'd get fucking parole. And in the meantime... I would have had three free meals a day and I would have had dental care and medical. I don't have any of that. I happen to be working an independent business. I had to cash in all my fucking savings. I had to sell everything I fucking own to survive. There was nobody making three meals for me a day. There was nobody giving me new running shoes. I would have been better off in prison. Instead, I was out here gutting it out. There's nobody fucking taking care of me. I should have just killed them. Right at day one, whoever I thought killed her and go to jail and be fed and fucking dental work. I got teeth missing. I can't afford to replace them. People need to think about that. 
I told the police here a couple of weeks ago, I've been in fucking prison for 14 years. Mental health. The killers of Lindsay have been free. They're being protected by police. They won't tell us who the suspects are. They won't give us information. They won't tell us who they think's involved. They protect the bad people. I'm in prison. Lindsay's mom is in hell prison. Lindsay's sister is in fucking torture. Lindsay's close friends are in prison, scared, scared to even talk about it because there's been talk on the street that I've seen on social media. Keep your fucking mouth shut or you'll be the next Lindsay. Where are our authorities? Oh, we're working on it. We're working with the FBI. Where are the rest of us? Fucking scared. I'm fucking pissed off at times. Of course I am. Am I an angry dad? Fuck. Clearing the Zalos so early on? What business did they have doing that? How could they possibly have any reason to clear anybody at that point? I asked them to clear me. They refused. <laughs> I had Lindsay's ex-boyfriend phone them and say, I want to be cleared publicly. No, we don't do that. I phoned them and said, clear me. They go, no, we're not in the clearing business. I go, well, obviously you fucking are. No, we're not going to clear you. Do they acknowledge the fact that they cleared the Zalos? They said it publicly in the news. But then say, we don't clear people. Right. And they tell people, oh, we've worked on this diligently. I've sat in front of one of the five police chiefs since Lindsay was murdered. Five. And he told me to my face, Jeff, I'm reassigning all the officers. We're done. And then the next year, it's like, oh, yeah, we're working hard on this. I'm like, you fucking told me. Oh, I didn't say that. I had two officers come to Calgary and say, stop what you're doing. Shut down that website. Or we're going to hold news conferences to discredit you. I will destroy you. They flew out from Victoria to do that. I went, get the fuck out of here. The injustice that you and your family have endured with Lindsay being murdered and then having to deal with all of this, it's really unthinkable. It shouldn't, nowhere in the world. And I need people to think about this, that in Victoria, in Saanich right now, psychologically, murder is allowed you can get away with murder. It's unsolved. So that means there's no consequences for murder. That needs to stop. People need to think about this. Police are not accountable. They need to be. I deal with CEOs of major companies in my business, and I've asked them, oh, if you have a big project on the go and you assign a team of engineers to develop that project, what happens if they have nothing going in six months? They go, Jeff, six months. Fuck, they'd be fired in six weeks. They'd be fired in six days if nothing's going on. Right? That's the real world. I tell people now, they say, Jeff, you're too hard on the police. I go, go to work for 14 years and don't accomplish anything. Tell your boss that this is really complicated and it takes years to do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's challenging. Go every day to work and tell your boss that and see how long you keep your job. Well, we've had five police chiefs at Saanich, and we've had about six heads of the file. We've had three or four mayors of Saanich. We don't have a murder solved. That's really their major job, and they don't have it solved. And guess what? They've all retired with huge pensions and payouts, and 
they like to rack up overtime and they'll bill it to Lindsay's file. And then they get time off. They get double time off if they choose to take time off instead of pay for their overtime. It's insanity what goes on there. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. If you can imagine how bad it is. So I meet at the Saanich Hall to start the walk. We started the walk this year. There were five Saanich police officers jaywalking across a major street right in front of us at coffee break to go to Starbucks. And I hollered out to them, never mind fucking coffee, get working on Lindsay's murder. And they're like, yeah, whatever, man. And they're running across the street, jaywalking right in front of us, going to have coffee. And I know what goes on in that coffee shop because I've gone there many times to see what goes on there. Well, all of the big lip, big busted cougars that like guys in uniform show up at the coffee shop to flirt with the cops and the cops go over there and their coffee turns in from, you know, a 10 minute coffee break to 40 or 50 minute coffee break. And they all sit around and talk about who screwed who last week and that one did this guy and that guy. It's just, it's total insanity. We should have social media sites that report everything we see with police. You know, we should say there were three police cars at the coffee shop for 40 minutes last night at 10 o'clock. Here's the patrol car numbers. We need to start doing that. We need to hold them accountable turn themselves into heroes. And I go, why would you be a hero? Well, we put our life on the line. You have a fucking gun. You signed up for that job. That's your fucking job. That's not hero. It's your fucking job. If you feel your life's in danger and you don't like it, go be a carpenter. That guy who just retired, he wouldn't talk to me because I had a go at him when he was deputy chief. So he refused to communicate with me at all. He had been involved with Lindsay's murder from the beginning. He went from detective to inspector to head of detective division to deputy chief to chief, making $250,000 a year and retired with a million-dollar pension. And he didn't solve a fucking murder. And he was head of all the departments all along. Like, how does that fucking work? Go to your job and fail at your work and get promoted to the top spot. Can you imagine that happening in like Microsoft or something like that? It's like, you're the worst fucking employee. You never accomplish anything. Oh, you're president of the company. And, you know, when I point these things out, Dr. Phil tells me I'm being too mean to the police. They're nice people. I don't know they're not. It was kind of an interesting show because every time I challenged him, I had the audience on their feet numerous times. That all got cut out of the show. I'm not trying to berate anybody, but I knew going to the Dr. Phil show because nobody else would come. Police wouldn't show up. No other people would show up. I knew he had to play devil's advocate, right? Because he had nobody else there to put against me, right? So he had to do it which, you know, I don't care. But I knew going into it, I needed to talk about the president of the United States. I needed to talk about football because everybody holds that pretty dear in the U.S. 
and Dr. Phil had played football and I need to talk about the Marines. He cut all that out when he said, you know, these investigations can be complicated and it takes years. I said, Dr. Phil, I've heard that forever. I said, let me tell you this. In the 1960s, your great president Kennedy announced they were going to put the man on the moon. And I said, eight years later, not only did he put a man on the moon, he put two men on the moon. And you know, Dr. Phil, they traveled for about four days at 25,000 miles an hour in outer space. They separated the capsule at one point. One person stayed with one part, two went off with the other capsule for another four days at 25,000 miles an hour in outer space. And they landed pinpoint on the moon. And they walked around, did a dance, planted a flag, gathered some dirt, hopped back in that thing, took off, traveled for three or four days at 25,000 miles an hour in outer space, and safely reconnected with that mothership and the other astronaut, and then traveled for another three days at 25,000 miles an hour, re-entered the atmosphere, landed beside a ship in the Pacific Ocean that picked them up. That was done in eight years. We've got a little girl that was murdered in Saanich that 90-some percent of the people know who did it. And we got the fucking brainiacs there that can't solve it in 14 fucking years. Two men on the moon, 25,000 miles an hour, eight years from start to finish. So I said, Dr. Phil, we had world wars world wars the whole world involved millions of people being killed those were resolved in six years six years 1939 to 1945 second world war everybody's involved millions of people died they figured that out in six years we can't figure out who killed a little girl in fucking 14 years what the hell's going on here well, you got to be nicer to police. I was like, Dr. Phil, you played football. I said, what went on in the dressing room when they came in if the linebackers are allowing the opposing team to come through the line all the time? Were the coaches nice to them? Did they say, oh, gee, maybe you guys could try and stop those guys from getting through? Or did they say, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, don't yeah that were they hollering he goes well yeah and i said the marines are known to have never failed in a mission if they go out and don't do their job what do you think their sergeant's telling them do you think he's hugging them and saying oh you poor little guy this is complicated and, you know we have problems you know it's very difficult i understand or is he saying what the fuck's wrong with you guys get your fucking ass out there and die or win is now what's going on the fucking audience went crazy of course, Dr. Phil cut all that out. I've had one of the Saanich cops say, you mentioned my daughter, you're putting my family in danger. I go, you have a fucking gun. They told me that there was a hit on me. And then they told me, we can't protect you. And I said, you're worried I'm putting your life in danger? You have a fucking gun. If I use my gun, I go to jail. We can have a gun, but we can't use it. Is the hit thing resolved? or Now they say, oh, we don't remember that. It's enough to make you go insane. They called me in year two. This is when I got really active. The head of the file at the time, who of course now retired, he calls me into his office and says, a couple of things I want to discuss with you. And I go, oh, great. 
and he goes, and I'm bringing these two uniform officers in here to witness this. I go, okay, great. So he goes, first thing I have to inform you of is that as a result of our investigation, we've discovered that your life's in danger. And I need you to acknowledge you've been informed of that. And I need these two officers to witness that you've acknowledged it. I said, okay. And I go, what's that mean? Is there like a hit on me or what? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, who is it? He goes, well, I can't tell you that. I go, what do you mean you can't fucking tell me? Bad guys want to kill me and you can't tell me? He goes, no, due to the Privacy Act, Charter of Rights, we can't disclose that. I went, that's fucking crazy. Somebody wants to kill me and you can't tell me who it is. No, can't tell you. And he goes, there's something else. I go, okay, what else? And he goes, I need to inform you, we can't provide you with any protection and you need to acknowledge that you've been informed of that. I said, oh, okay. He said, witnessed? Yeah, they said, yeah, witnessed. He goes, okay, you guys can leave. So they go. So I go, so what the fuck am I supposed to do? He goes, phone 911. I go, well, that worked pretty good for Lindsay, didn't it? He goes, sorry, that's how it works. So bad guys want to kill good guy. I could be walking down the sidewalk. They can be walking beside me. What the fuck? And he goes, well, if you feel your life's in danger, phone 911. And I go, what? And you guys are going to respond? Fuck, you can't even solve a murder. Is that it? He goes, no, there's one thing else. We've done our investigation, so it's a cold case now. I said, okay, well, then get me the file. No, you're not getting the file. I said, yeah, I am. I talked to a lawyer. I'm entitled to certain information once it's declared a cold case. Well, no, that is not how it works. I go, yeah, that's how it fucking works. Go get the file. And he's like, well, we're not going to do that. And I go, yeah, you are. If it's a cold case, I want access. He goes, oh, look, it's almost lunch. So why don't you go grab a lunch and then, you know, come back and we'll sort this out. Okay. So I go for lunch. While I'm at lunch, he phones me and says, yeah, Jeff, we had a meeting. Don't bother coming back. Uh, we decided it's active. So they've had it active ever since. So people don't know that in the public. Police are now leery because you're entitled to certain information. Number one, the autopsy and coroner's report. And they don't want you to have that. So as long as they say it's active, nobody can touch it. Something's got to give where they should have to justify and explain why it's active and not cold. So they can't just revert to that excuse to not serve family members. That's right. They should. But as I keep saying, they're not accountable to anybody. If I go to the mayor who's head of the police board, he says, sorry, can't be involved in day-to-day -day police work. You have to talk to the police chief. He gives me the fuck you smirk. I go to the politician who has the authority legislatively to act on the police and they go, oh, we can't be involved. They go, well, you have the legal authority. Yeah, but we've never used it. We're not going to. So talk to the police chief. I get the fuck you smirk. They don't have to account for anything. And that's pretty general around the free world, so-called free world. People need to be aware of this. Like we have to change that because we have allowed them to get into that position. And we've, we have allowed the police culture to evolve to the point now where I can tell you exactly what goes on in general terms is they 
use a term, and this is across North America, called front-loading. So they have a certain amount of money in their annual budget to be allocated for major crimes. When there's a major crime, like Lindsay's murder, they'll only spend so much money. They're not going to spend their whole budget because then they have nothing left over in case there's other major crimes. So they'll spend a certain amount. And of course, they jump on the bandwagon to bill everything to the file down to gas in vehicles, time used vehicles, pens, papers, paper clips, all that stuff they bill to the file. Going all the way to Alberta when you told them not to. Right. Hotels, all that stuff. And then the chief will go, hey, we can't spend anymore. Chop it off. But they don't tell the public that. What they do is they say, oh, we're actively investigating it. And, you know, we're on it. They're not doing fuck all. What they're doing is sitting around twiddling their thumbs, not allocating any funds towards it, waiting for calls to come in. So I had the police chief tell me at one point, I'm reassigning all the officers because I'm not having them sit around with their feet up on the desk waiting for a confession because that's what they do. And this is around North America. They put a bunch of effort into it at the beginning. And if it doesn't produce any results, let's wait. Relationships are gonna break down. That's their favorite term. So some woman will get mad at her boyfriend because she caught him cheating. And he told her that he killed somebody. So she's gonna get back at him. They wait for that. They wait for a drug bust someplace and then they go, okay, uh, so what can you tell us and we'll let you off this drug bust? Oh, I know who killed Lindsay. Oh, okay. They wait for the murder to solve itself. And then they jump out like, we worked hard on this. We solved this murder. We are dedicated and we are the best. They're fuck all. They're not heroes. And I've asked them that. I go, well, what do you guys need? They go, we need a confession. And they go, well, go fucking get one. And they go, well, you know, that happens with time. It takes years. I go, go fucking get one. That's your job. Your job starts now. Now you know what you need. Now your job starts. Go get it. Have they said anything at all about forensic genealogy? and submitting the DNA sample to Othram or some other organization that can do a family tree or ancestry mapping? They are currently working on some forensics. That's all I know. What happened was when I was doing the Dr. Phil show, Dr. Phil does eight shows a week, four days. He films eight shows. When I was there, Cece Moore was there doing a show. She's a pioneer in DNA genealogy. I asked to meet her. I was taken to her dressing room. We hugged, asked her if she would help. She goes, by all means, have the police get in contact with me. You know, as long as they can provide what I require. Yes, of course. So I get back. I'm all like, hey, I met CC Moore. She'll help. Like, get her the fucking info. I phoned her, contacted her sometime after and said, did you do any work with them? She said, well, they contacted me. And I told them what I required, and I've never heard from them since. She said, Jeff, I'd like to help, but I need their cooperation. You've probably 
seeing or read or wherever that I say they're hiding something or somebody. It's a dirty little place. Something's going on there. Somewhere, someplace. Well, the officer that came to Calgary where I lived to threaten me, he was head of the file for the longest time. And he was working on Lindsay's murder right from the beginning. While he was head of the file, I found out that all information concerning Lindsay's murder had to go through him. And he decided whether it went to the file or not. So if you were the girlfriend of some guy who can said to you, yeah, I killed her, Joey killed her. And you went to him and said, hey, I caught my boyfriend cheating. And, you know, he confessed to me pillow talk one night that this, he decided whether that went into the file or got investigated or not, like that's corrupt. We need to pressure. We need to step up. We need to take these murders as a community problem, not a family problem. We need to look at our communities and say, we want a safe community. We don't want murders. If there is a murder, we want it solved, not, gee, I wish they'd solve that murder for that poor dad so he can move on with his life. No, this is a community issue. They got away with it, so who's next? That's basic human behavior. If your cat that I saw in this earlier is allowed to scratch your furniture and piss on the carpet and you do nothing about it, they continue doing that. That's pretty simple psychology. Humans are no different. If a little kid gets to steal cookies and eat them before dinner and never gets disciplined, they keep doing that. And usually they increase it. People at work that start to steal from work, they don't stop with one pen or one dollar. Next thing, it's a box of pens. Next thing, it's five bucks. It increases because they get away with it. We, as a community, as people, as a country, need to say no more murders. We can't allow it. We can't allow our police to take 30 years to solve a murder by magic and forensics. And then they jump up and say they're fucking heroes and put a medal on their chest. Fuck off. You failed. If it took you 30 years, you failed. Murder throughout history, from the beginning of mankind, whatever you believe in, whatever book or Bible or whatever you want to believe, murder is against the law. It's like the Ten Commandments. It's whatever through the history of mankind. Why are we treating it so lightly now? Saanich police treat it as if you went through a stop sign and nobody saw you, so it's okay. That's not right. It needs to be you murder, you fucking die. That's it. That's the deterrent. We put you up against the wall and we fucking shoot you. And we publicly display that. And if you don't like it, don't fucking watch. And tell people don't fucking murder because I don't want to watch. The criminals have two justice systems. They have their own, which is kill fucking Lindsay. And then when they get caught in our system, they use it. That's what goes on. I've sat through trials and I've sat there and gone, what? I grew up in fucking abusive home with alcoholics. I'm not murdering somebody. I sorted it out. 
There's no sense. What they do is they keep re-victimizing us. In Canada, they have this stupid wording where they say, if you commit first degree murder, you get sentenced to life in prison, which is 25 years. Well, is it life or is it fucking 25 years? Oh, it's 25 years. Well, that's not life. And then you're eligible for parole at the discretion of the judge. So it'll be like, I sentence you to life in prison with no parole eligibility for 10 years. It's just like, what the fuck's that? And guess what happens in 10 years? The family and friends get re-fucking victimized because this murderer's got a chance of getting out. So you got to relive the whole fucking horror story if you care and you go there and victim impact statements and on and on and on. And they go, oh, well, he's been a good prisoner. So we're going to let him out. He'll be supervised. He may or may not kill somebody, but chances are he won't. Yeah, just because someone behaves well in prison, it does not bode for what it's going to mean on the outside. And it's like, yeah, the what they visit their parole officer once a week or once a month. Or they don't and they go kill somebody. In a lot of ways, they're treated better than someone like you or someone like Lindsay, the murder victim. Right. So much needs to change. There's so many opportunities for reform and victims' rights. Not just that, but how much power law enforcement have, how much discretion they have, and also how much they can keep private. There's so much that has been unacceptable. Thank you for listening to another episode of True Crime Twins. This was our third and final part of our coverage on the murder of Lindsay Buziak. If you like our content, please leave us a five-star rating and a nice review on your preferred platform. You can also keep up with us on social media, on Twitter and TikTok at True Crime Twins, and on Instagram at True Crime Twins Podcast. Please email us with questions, comments, or case suggestions at truecrimetwinspodcast at gmail.com.